It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the In This League Fantasy Podcast Network. In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Online at InThisLeague.com. Now, here's your hosts, Bogman and the Welsh. Welcome in, friends, to the In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hell Week. Hell Week. Episode 4 of Hell Week. It's a big one. It's a starting pitchers. Yes, there are quite a few people that break down pitching, Bogdan. I'm not, I don't know if you're aware that breaking hmm. down pitching is quite the fancy in the fantasy baseball community. Ah. So there's also us. <laughs> we'll also sit here and break down the pitching, uh, but we do have our ranks. So this is how we're valuing, how we're approaching it. We are going to be going through. Uh, we're going to go 60 on numerically that we're going to talk to you about. And we're going to go through a couple names that are outside that top 60. Of course, there's going to be more but there's only so many we can really talk about. So if you want to check out the full spectrum of all of the ranks, just like all the stuff we've talked about in this episode, all these episodes and the starting pitchers, go over to InThisLeague.com and sign up on the Patreon today, InThisLeague.com. Five bucks, 10 bucks, whether you just want the ranks, you can get the ranks, you can get like Prospect, Dynasty, Redraft. We update them in March. We're going to have like updates every single week. But also, you can get in the group me rooms. we got a really cool community. It's all about just like, vibing not being we have one rule in the itl army there's actually only one actual rule in the army do you want to tell the people what it is box i'm really mad that the latest ant-man movie copied us but yeah the rule is don't be a dick that's the rule i mean they did copy us you're right about that but it has been long-standing for itl that is literally on our thing when we started our patreon six years ago it's just like don't be a dick so that's what the thing is but you can come on in you can talk with the community maybe startup leagues have access to us and more and it is our life force. If you guys want to support the pod and you want to uh, put your money where your mouth is or you just want the stuff, go to patreoninthisleague.com. And if not, it's all good. You can lock into the episodes where we are doing five this week. Bogman, I am exhausted. I am exhausted. I am coming off of, um, I had a couple crazy days. I'm going to talk about, I don't even know where I'm going to talk about it right now. There'll be an article on The Athletic that I've got to figure out. And I'm going to definitely have this over on the Prospect One podcast, but I was invited via The Athletic to the Topps Spot House. So Topps, the card company owned by Fanatics, who owns everything now, a monopoly, <laughs> they created what essentially was like, I just, it's a content house. Like, it's what like, uh, like, okay, Barstool Sports is just out here for the Super Bowl bogs. It's kind of what I thought like they would have, or it's what like 10 
2 million plus subscriber YouTube house would look like. It was that type of house they did where they invited rookies and prospects to come and sign their cards. They had like a, a barber set up in there. They had music going and I really didn't know what I was going into, but there it was packed. Did you and get a trim? I, you know what? I need it. And I am really have embarrassing haircuts because I really don't go to do it at the house. Um, not, not because I save money. It's just, it's always what we've done. You there have part of this me. commercial on YouTube right now for Streamyard with a lady. Uh, and you have the same haircut as that lady, right? Now. Oh, so. what are you trying to say? That your haircut is the same as the lady on the. But what, what are you implying? That we just we both look good. Uh yeah sure yeah no oh is there anything else? I, any ha, no, I have no I, I was it's just an uh, I no was just noticing it. oh observation no I agenda yeah. observational comedy I got you I mean, not every um, comment I say has most comments I say do not have an agenda they're just trying to be funny. Little little comedy agenda comedy I mean, agenda is what I was actually getting. You at. make as many squeaks as you want Welsh. You're not getting anything out of me. I did have this envision of like, so I was there and I got to interview Drew Jones. That was the big thing. I had this envision of like Drew or another prospect, like we're frolicking through the, the, the woods and the forest and stuff. And we're best friends and we're, we're spending the time of our lives. And he's like, yo, let's get a haircut. Like we should get haircuts together. <laughs> we should have buddy haircuts. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And then we go in the barber shop, or that maybe that, that was envision number one. Or that they were like, you know, hey, we want you to have the full experience of this. So let's go to the shop. Now, I do have another thing. I have not said this anywhere. The barbershop, this is a mansion. And there's a side house, like a casita house that's on the mm -hmm. side. And they're like, oh, that's the barber. And they're like, oh, by the way, the barbers in there are the barbers from the shop, which is the <laughs> HBO show. The yeah, HBO yeah. show. with Those are the barbers that were in there. And I had this envision where they would just be like, let's go and get the full experience. And then I would just go get like the most badass haircut that I would never have. But that didn't happen. So I still have this like. Really have you ever gotten thing. a haircut from a professional like in your house or at a hotel or anything like that? I, I did one no. time when I was a groomsman. And it, one of my, one of my cool. son's friends is like, like a barber. And every time <laughs> I don't see him often, every time I see him. This is like, this is like a, a hint. He's always like, man, you should let me cut your hair. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, oh yeah, maybe every time I see and him. And you said, I have that. an agenda, right? And yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm starting to think maybe there's something about my hair that he doesn't like, but no, I didn't get the barbershop, uh, full shop haircut or anything like that. But I was at this house. It was uh, pretty crazy. I ran into Corbin Carroll again. And uh, he seemed a little less excited to see me this time, if I'm being honest. And like, uh, he was okay. One of you was enough, pal. All right. I think I, I honestly, I think that might have been it. Uh, Matt Mervis was there. Uh, Kamar Rocker, and I got to talk about here. And uh, I got to interview. Uh, I took him to the content room, by the way, Bugs. Uh, me and Drew Jones to the content room. And I got to interview him. And as I haven't checked it. So as long as my recording is not screwed up, I have a, an interview with Drew Jones. And an article will probably be more card autograph based coming over at the athletic. But that is how I spent my day after being at the Reds camp all day in the sun and also stopping at our friend Dennis Sidler, who was doing an autograph signing with Ezekiel Tobar. And then to, uh, today, as you're listening to this, I will be hanging out with Jackson Churio and Oscar Colas. So I'm doing I'm doing some business box. Yeah, I mean, you are a world traveler. 
Um, yeah. All Guess I what? did was sit at home and work on uh, uh, Hell Week sheets. So not as much fun for me. Well, and guess what? None of that had to do with pitching. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> None of that had to do with pitching. Everything else we're doing, I'm Ah, you were pitching your article uh, with, with Drew Jones. You were yeah, pitching. Yeah, I was pitching. Yeah, still pitching. pitching. Sure, we're always pitching. pitching. Look at us, pitching. We're pitching uh, pitching with cutters, pitching tents. We're doing all that stuff, Bogman. That's, that's how we roll here. Uh, we're going to talk about pitching. We've got some guys outside the top 60. We've got our 60. We'll just go through, same as we have done to this entire process. And we'll try to figure out uh, the whole thing. Oh, so this is the girl. Bogman just pulled up a video. It's called a How to Use Looping Videos. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> if I put earrings on. Tell me I'm wrong. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Uh, yeah, I don't like that. You, you should screenshot it. I can do. Let me. I'm going to do her face again. Hold on. Let me turn <laughs> my head. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, no, no. Don't screenshot hold that. Hold on. Uh Oh, damn it. It won't do it. Sorry. It won't do it. on. What screen. are you trying to do? I don't know why. Screenshot it. So, oh, okay. Well, he, well, it would help. It would probably help the episode if we had that screenshot in me. But I guess I did kind of look like her. I need a big purple earring, so. <laughs> which can be done. I still have the holes in my earrings from when I was younger. I little. Yeah. How, what would you set the over-under? I don't know if you know this. What would you set the over-under on piercings that I had? Because let me take a guess. All right. Five. I have my piercings. So your set is five? Yeah. Okay, over under people take your bets. I'll let you know at the end of the episode if we remember. I'll tell you how many piercings I had at one time in my life. I currently have zero, but I still got the holes, which is an important thing here. Um, all right, we're loopy. It's hell week. It's late. We have done this is the going into the sixth hour of podcasting we've done just for in this league this week. So we've got a whole lot more. So probably need to reset before we lose our whole minds here. When we come back, we're going to talk about all the pitching stuff that you could possibly want from us because no one else in the industry talks about pitching bogs. And we'll do it right after this. Survivor 46 is here. And so is on fire. The only official survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Chris Welsh said you were coming. What else did he say? He said you were the best in the Parsec. Scott Bogman, former Imperial Sharpshooter. That's not saying much. I wasn't a stormtrooper, wise ass. Please excuse his lack of decorum. In this league, this is the way. Stop touching things. Pitching, pitching, pitching. Lots of pitchers. How do you strategize? Bugs, how are you? I don't know if, like, you have told me your overarching pitching thesis of, of drafts. Like, I know you let stuff come to you, but, like, Nick Pollock, we just had him on Fantasy Pros. Nick has a very stern, will not draft a pitcher in the first two rounds. I think he's a lot more strict about it because, you know, he knows lots about pitching. 
but like, what is your stance overall? Like, are you, I, I think you it really depends taking in the second round. It, it really depends on where I draft from for my pitching more than, uh, you know, getting specific pitchers. Like if I'm in the middle, I really let it just come back to me. You know what I mean? Because you can follow the run. If you're in the middle, um, you can start the run if you're in the middle, but if you're on the end, it's in more of this is relief pitching because relief pitching is obviously way more shallow. But if you're on the end, you kind of have to make sure you get one of a group. You know what I mean? Because especially if you're in a 15 man, because there's going to be so many picks before you come back that you have to make sure you get them. So really for me, uh, overall depends on where I'm picking from. If I'm on the ends, I'm more cognizant about it. If I'm in the middle, I kind of just let it come to me. It's interesting. You say that. I am, oh man, I'm looking at this too. I am in Tout Wars and I'm doing a Tout Wars draft and hold right now. And it's 15 teams. I think I mentioned last episode, a lot of really good people in it. And I started my draft with Alvarez Endeavors. And then in the third round, I went with McClanahan and I had picked 10. So, you know, I sweep around in 10. And I ended up in the fifth round getting Devin Williams, which I kind of thought was a good deal because I then started another closer run, but I only have two pitchers through seven picks. I have one SP and I have uh, one relief pitcher and I'm hoping to come back and be able to take, and I, I, to be honest with you, I'm hoping Blake Snell, like Blake Snell is where oh, we're at. We're man. Where we pass I got to be on your team, man. That's what we're hoping. I'm not going to do the voice. Nick Pollock was like every podcast. I, I do the voice. I don't know if the voices is loved by everybody. I know some people love it, but I love it. I know you do. And I know Pisa Pia does. I know everybody that yeah. hosts the show does. I don't have a list. Okay. Well, 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 let me ask you this. Who is a bigger fan of you than me? That's a good point. No, not a single person. Yeah, that's probably, your probably true. Fan. You know what? And I'm your biggest I want your fan autograph too. and I want you to do the Blake Snell voice, please. That's what I want. <laughs> and keep your hair. I, <laughs> oh, I want your hair just like that. Oh, just like this? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, but purple it makes me in. smile. Yes. Yeah, because I look ridiculous. By the way, I'm well aware. Yeah. I look absolutely ridiculous. So, but I like <laughs> I like uh, the swoop. I like how it looks. It's a. Uh, I think a look. it looks great. Do you think? Do you think I would be able to hold up doing my impression if I was on with Blake Snell? Like you no. know, Spore always threatens it. Like if if I was on with Blake. And he's like, all right, you know, do it. And and do you think I could like full commit to a like, mm -hmm. oh man, this is you'll be go. laughing too hard. Your face would be so red. Yeah. Uh your Not face would be very, very red. Yeah. How long do you think? So, what do you the over under in seconds I'd be able to hold a five? A, okay. I think I I think I would really attempt to like dig in. Like that'd be one of those moments. Where I would you, just you, what you would have to do, I think, to not embarrass yourself is you would have to like memorize what he said on that one Twitch stream and yeah. say that in his voice. You'd I, like, actually, really have to try to nail it. But also, yeah. I'd like commit and just be like, if he wants to hate me, that's just going to oh, be like I'm going to commit to the bit. I'm going to I'm going to yeah. commit to the bit. I think that's how I would. You should play it, for the love of the game. What's wrong with you, bro? I'm risking it, my life. You would have man. to like. Yeah, yeah, I'd have was, to do that whole thing. Like, I was going to yeah. my life out here. I got to get paid. That's how we'd have to do it. But um, like Blake Snell's who I'm trying to get. So it was just kind of talking about the same approach. Third round is my quintessential SP range because I cannot help myself, especially in 15 team when I see like McClanahan or Strider. And if from they're the both gone, I probably seen, move off. From, from the mocks that we've done and we've seen, I think that you got to get one in the top four rounds at minimum. I think if you wait till the fifth, 
your pitching staff starts to look dicey comparative to everybody else. And you got to remember, I mean, 50% of your stats are on the pitching side. So you can skip it, but you can't ignore it is really what it boils down to because sure you can piece it together. People have one waiting on pitching, but you have to, you know, you really have to nail those picks and it, you know, the deeper the league you're in, the harder it is. And I don't, it fluctuates so much that you can't spend too many high picks on pitching, but you also cannot skip it and wait for too long. So it's a double-edged sword. It's the way it's always been. And it's just getting, I think to me, it's just getting worse in terms of uh, the top end. It becomes more clumpy uh, because guys are pitching fewer innings. Uh, you know, they're uh, skipping starts and teams are way more, you know, precautionary with their pitchers. So if there's any twinge, we just saw Lance McCullers is going to be shut down for a month or yeah. whatever uh, to get a cortisone shot in his shoulder. And I haven't um, made Frankie that adjustment Montas, to this episode. So Frankie Montas, you know, we both take him off our list, right? Because uh, he's pretty much done for the season. So, so yeah. and any other twins twinge, you know, uh, for anybody else is going to be uh, full panic mode. So uh, that's kind of where we're at now. So it's like the pitchers, there's very few pitchers that can earn um, you know, that, that can get helium at this point. It's more of, we're just going to move them down because they're hurt outside of guys like Hunter Brown, who are taking over for an injured pitcher. Yeah. And there's a lot of good, like middle, middle pitchers in general that we can jump in on, but like getting one top end guy, maybe even skipping tier two kind of all together and jumping in and trying to get like two that that's kind of in my strategy. It's like, I get one top end pitcher and then I attempt, if I can't, I don't know if I'm going to do it here in tout. I try to like get like two or three in that like 30 to 45 range, if possible, to really stack in. But it's it's easier said than done. And pitching has a whole... And what's also difficult about pitching in general right now is the entire industry is also kind of on their back their back foot, back footing, if you will, uh, pitching. Like everyone is, is taking a step back and everyone's like, nah, I don't want them in the first, don't want them in the second. Third is even a little bit dicey. And everyone's giving out the same strategy. So what that ends up doing is that pushes pitching back just overall. And then all of a sudden we start staring at like the third or fourth round. And we're like, why the hell is Spencer Strider here? And then we want to just kind of jump on. And that's what happens with me. So, you know, the overall construction is a little bit difficult. But outside the top 60, because we're going to go through numerically the top 60, we highlighted a few players that we wanted to talk about. So Boggs. Why don't you give us your first one that you want to talk about that did not, did not make your 60, but maybe whether it's positive or negative, uh, you wanted to, to discuss. These are all positive guys for me, but my first one is Garrett Whitlock, the Welsh. Uh, 31 games last year, only nine starts, 78 innings, but his Sierra was great, 306. Like in this range of pitchers that I have, you're seeing a lot of 3.7s. Some guys over, you know, like Kopech was way up over four. Um, you know, there are some guys, uh, Hunter Brown was low. I'll talk about him in a second. Jack Flaherty was very high. So in this kind of range, you have a lot of high ones. Obviously, you know, Whitlock was helped by not pitching as many innings as those guys, but, um, I thought he had a pretty strong year. He, he finished off pretty well and his K minus walk was solid um 21.5 guys in this range are also lower once again you know for sure boosted by you know fewer innings and all that stuff csw though over 30 percent 
That's, that's pretty good. strong for a guy that's going way down here. He's slated to start for the Red Sox right now. seems like he's going to get that job. So I kind of like taking a dart throw on Garrett Whitlock late. That's one of those things. Uh, Nick talked about him on Fantasy Pros. We did the the ultimate SP, the ultimate SP guide, me, uh, Pisa Pia, and Nick. And that was one of his, I think, it was either a sleeper or his like must-have. I don't remember which one it was, but... He definitely brought him, talked about him and the CSW, you know, you see high CSW numbers and that's something that obviously for the pitcher list crew is going to kind of boost them up in general. But yeah, I think he's got a decent shot to make the rotation. He was someone I was too low on in my initial rank. He will be adjusted, but he's not going to make my top 60 or anything like that. Let me talk to you about a negative. Mm. Even though it's a negative, though, I didn't realize I'm like higher because I was unaware that the world had made the full turn. I thought I had pushed him down a whole lot. It's Michael Kopech. Michael Kopech is coming off of a 3-5-4 ERA season that saw more losses than wins, which is not great. And it saw a lot of blue. An over 11% walk rate, not good. Big high velocity guys can kind of get hit harder, but he was in the bottom 16 percentile, or that's 18th percentile of hard hit. Exit velocity, 15th percentile. He wasn't getting guys chasing, and his K percentage was only 40th percentile in the league with whiff at 37. That's not going to work. Like, if Kopech is going to get hit hard, you've got to have big K numbers. It's something that uh, I don't love Dylan Cease this year just because of, like, the really high walk numbers and the, the great strikeout numbers are great and stuff, but I think there's more volatility to it. Kopech doesn't even have that anymore. I, I did watch and read a couple articles uh, coming out of Chicago that was talking about a lot of the health that was going on. And a lot of the, it's always personal stuff with Kopech, you know, the weird family stuff and whatever. And yeah. he's kind of changed his, his mindset and his regimen and a lot of that type of stuff. And uh, the team having a lot of like key coming out of camp being Michael Kopech. I just don't buy it. And I want, I don't think I want any part of it. I have him at 70, but to my shock, his ECR was 82. And I have I do have a couple guys I think I'm gonna put above in the next update, but I still think I'm gonna have him around 75. As much as I'm saying I don't want him, I'm now kind of curious, like, well, is he gonna just is he has the hate gone too to far? Big, is that what you're yeah, gonna say? Well, yeah, maybe, but I mean, <laughs> the biggest thing you should be worried about his fastball absolutely tanked. He was averaging 97 on his fastball in 2021. It dipped down to 94.7. If that it's doesn't at like work. 96 in spring training, are you back in? Yes. Uh, well, okay. back in is, um, let's not go crazy if I say back in. I'm going to. Well, it's gonna I don't keep, mean that you're, um, that maybe he goes up into your top 60. And I'm not saying like this? he's in your top 30 or anything. I'm biting a little bit on, I, I told it in the last episode, the whole Kelnick, like Kelnick is taking a new approach. He's got uh, actual team people coming into his little circle. He had this, the famous note about, he is writing these notes about people and things are saying and, and ways to go on sticky notes. And he's putting them everywhere. I'm biting on that a little bit. I'm biting a little okay. bit and moving them up. Kopech, if the velocity is back up, I'm going to bite back a little bit. What worried me last year, he had an all pitch around whiff decrease. Every single pitch was less effective across the board. Even when some of the spin rate stuff was still there, it was getting hit around the same amount except his slider was getting banged, which is not something that he needs. He 
held the batting average. Well, you mentioned under- it. It's, it's velocity yeah, because everything works off that fastball. So if the velocity is back up, he should be able to do things again. But it's, you know, it's not just that with him because of his off field weirdness. Like whatever it is, I don't really, you know, I don't remember if he even gave us what it was. Well, no, he, he had like, like a baby with like a, a celebrity and the breakup oh, and the, like, okay. It's I just like all this, all there's all this like stuff that's going on with him. But, um, but like it, it's for me, it's like, just show me that you got the stuff still, you know, just show yeah. me the velocity well, a little bit and I'll be back in. I'm a little higher than ECR on him. I'm lower than you though. Overall, I got him at 77. Um, you know, so that's probably about the range you'll end up with when you move him down a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, he's so young, he hasn't really shown anything. Definitely. He has not shown his potential from what we thought we saw before, but I don't know, man, I don't want to completely write him off because it's a big, what if, and that's kind of where we're at, where he's going. Well, and I was just going to finish saying is like the slider, I think is really key. I, he did decrease his fastball percentage last year, but his fastball was just so stinky his slider was less effective and that's got to work. He had a 36% whiff rate on the slider uh, two years ago. Last year it was 21%. He gave up uh, under 200 batting average in 2021 on the slider. It was up over 230 and he had lowered the percentage of usage. So that slider has got to become more effective and the fastball velo has got to come back up. If those happen, then I think we can start to pique our interest and move back up. We still have to worry about health. But overall, this is meant to be more of like a negative on Kopech, but somehow it actually has also turned into like, <laughs> hey, I'm going to watch him in spring training. I want to watch to see what he actually does. Who do you got as number two? Hunter Brown. Uh, obviously, Lance McCullers going down has afforded him an open spot. It's probably going to be between him and Arkady. I think they like Arkady in the bullpen, though. So uh, we'll see what happens with Hunter Brown. But I'm just looking at his overall numbers and seeing that his ERA has gotten better at every level. Like at low A, he was four, five, six. At double A, he was four, two, zero. Triple A in twenty twenty one, three, eight, eight. Triple A in twenty twenty two, two, five, five. And in the bigs, it was under one. It was point eight nine. Only twenty innings, so not a lot to go off of. But uh, the walk rate has also continued to tick down as he kind of you know builds into his career. He's on a team that should get a hundred wins. So if he does end up starting twenty five games somewhere in that range. He's going to be an outstanding value. It seems like he'll hit bumps. He's a young guy. He'll hit bumps in the road. There might be a stretch where he's bad and uh, you can't start him, but I don't know, man. Future's bright for this kid. He's on a, you know, a really good spot too. Um, Maldonado still being there definitely helps that entire pitching staff. So um, now that he kind of has an open spot, I want to get him on a lot of my teams. So I moved him up into the 60s. I got him at 68. He actually doesn't have an ECR because he doesn't qualify as a starting pitcher yet. Like he's only can be ranked in relief pitchers on uh, fantasy pros. Uh, But I don't know, man, I am pushing my chips in on him and I want to get a share in all my leagues. I was going to ask you, was a lot of this about, um, the Lance McCullers injury was, like, I had like, him pretty you, high before that. You would have still but, done this if McCullers was okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would have, uh, just to invest, um, you know, just for an open spot to open up. And I think while he's pitching out of the bullpen, he's probably not going to be bad there too. Even if he does get pushed back to the bullpen, I think he's still going to be helping your numbers. And, um, 
I, I'm all in uh, on a good team, young pitcher uh, going late, uh, Astro starter going late. I like it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I like uh, Hunter Brown. So th- I'm all but more intrigued now that instead of being like bullpen fodder, this even looks like, and I mean, Lance McCullers is just continuously proving he's never, ever, ever going to stay. I mean, they said his AC or his UCL is fine. So they, they mm-hmm. looked at that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they looked at that and they said, it's just soreness. So it should only be a month, but it's another one of those things where I don't want to go into the season with a guy that's hurt already. Yeah. So McCullers is kind of off my list here and Hunter Brown is moving up. Understandably. Uh, the pitcher that I want to talk about is Justin Steele. I feel like I take him in a whole lot of spots. I almost picked him. I like Did Justin you? Yeah. I got him at 76. Uh, where the hell do you have him? You got him higher than me? I don't think you're so. You're trying to, you, you want a big whoop. You want to fight about it? Uh, big no, whoop, want to fight about it. You don't have him at all. Justin Steele has an ECR of 81. I've got him at 76 on the season. Had a phenomenal I him at second half last by the year. Way. Blind oh, okay. I just right couldn't here. find him on yours. It's a little bit unsustainable, but he had a 4.15 ERA in the first half. Minimal innings in the second half, but it was a .98 ERA, uh, even to the same batting average. Strikeouts are solid, almost a 25% K rate. Walks were a little bit high, but he even had an expected ERA that was 3.59 compared to a 3.18 ERA. So nothing too crazy off. I don't like the whip, but I do like the team context. I like the stuff in general. I like to see the pitch mix change maybe a little bit. He was he wasn't a two pitch pitcher, but ten percent of his pitches came from three other pitches. So it was like slider, fastball, a lot of what was going on, and I think that needs to change just a tiny bit. But it's high spin rates, almost a twenty seven hundred RPM on the slider with a thirty two percent whiff rate, and he threw that thing over thirty one percent of the time, which you gotta like, and some pretty heavy spin on a fastball, almost twenty five hundred RPM. So those are both really good numbers. Fastball just got hit up more. I think there's room to grow here. And I think he's one of those kind of upside. He's one of those guys I like to like pop in the back of my rotation pretty much in all of my drafts. And I knew I was going to be higher. Uh, I thought actually going to be a little bit higher if I'm being honest with you. But uh, Justin Steele is one of those guys that I dig. Yeah, I like him too. Uh, my last guy, Merrill Kelly. Uh, Merrill. I don't have him inside my top 60, which is a little surprising, I think, to people. Uh, 61, but like I said, uh, we, we've talked about him a couple times over 200 innings, eight guys through 200 innings last year. It is a lost art. He kept, he keeps going deeper. He doesn't have the wear and tear on his arm of a normal 34 year old because he played in the Korean leagues, uh, for a couple years, fewer innings, pitch six man rotation, stuff like that. So, um, you know, he is, he is gradually improving. Of course, you know, father times undefeated. It's going to get him at some point, probably within the next three years here. But uh, he, I think he might peak this year. So I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be grabbing a lot of Merrill Kelly. But you know, he's just steady. And what he really is is, if you have a team of risks, you know, if you have a team filled with high end potential guys, or you took Freddy Peralta, you know, uh, guys that could pay off for you but may not, you know mid three ZRA 1.15 whip, something like that. You know, that that's what he had last year. The whiffs are not going to be impressive. The walk rates fine and the wins are middling, right? It, it's the diamondbacks, maybe a little better this year than last year, but he's going deeper into games. I, I think he's a better pick in quality start leagues, which we're in uh, a couple of them because he has been going deeper and because he's thrown 
uh, 200 innings. And there's, and like I said before, there's a lot of leagues that went to innings pitch during the pandy and have not switched back. So no. he's worth more in those too, but uh, just a steady Eddie uh, high floor type of player at the back of your rotation. So, um, and he's fun to watch it's Merle. Come on. He is Merle. Get yeah, on board. Tweet me, like a show. tweet me when you draft him and he's getting you some wins. Tweet me. That's what he's I want. Just Merle. He's just Merle. Uh, Don't the tweet last me if guy. He yeah, do not. Um, I don't want to hear it. You know, I'm going to actually, well, I'm going to get both of these guys. And I'm going to focus on this guy. I might be a little bit skewed. Sorry. I might be a little bit skewed by this. And the reason behind it is I have spent quite a few days over at Mariners camp, or Mariners, uh, Rangers camp couple times just coming on the backside of it. And every time I've seen like the main, everybody, but DeGrom, I've seen pitch uh, on the, the, at the end of like camp and doing like bullpen sessions. And Martin Perez is not a me guy. He is not a me type of pitcher, but man, he has been consistent. I feel like he's really consistent right now. High ground ball rate, which I kind of get into. And I think he might be, just like a really good value. I've got Martin Perez at 79 and 84, but the other guy that I was kind of battling with this, and I didn't realize I have him one spot lower than ECR. He's probably going to move up a little bit. Is Nate Eovaldi looks really good in the back you know, half of camp. I mean, he was working. I have a picture out there. He was working uh, pitch com stuff with Jonah Heim on the backfield and just the pitch clock. He seems to be just pumping all of his pitches in command wise. He's a low walk guy, 1.65 this past year per nine. His K was K rate was a little bit lower, but still like close to nine. He had a uh, 3.87 ERA with a lower XFIP, 3.46, which was even lower, which that always gets me going. And a 3.55 Sierra, which kind of shows some of that, that, you know, overall sustainability got hit a little bit harder overall. But look at the um, look at the offense and the defense on that infield. Nate Lowe has lost so much weight. I don't know if I mentioned this, like dudes did, lost like, yeah. it looks like 25, 30 pounds. It looks like I saw him again. It's unbelievable. Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager looks phenomenal out there. And they got Josh young. They've got stability on that infield, which is really, really good. Defensively. They're pretty solid as well. Yeah, the ground Dulles ball pitcher, Bubba Martin Perez, outfield, you know, fast outfield. I just think this Rangers team is going to be sneaky. And both of those pitchers, it's dangerous because I'm like, I like all of them, you know, like Heaney's a guy, DeGrom is whatever. Uh, Martin Perez, I think is, I just think Nate Eovaldi and Perez specifically are values because they're, they are put post 60 and they are pitchers I'd put in the back half of my system. I prioritize Nate Eovaldi though, because I think the low walks and strikeouts, and I think he's going to pump easy double digit wins this year. He just looks really, really good in camp right now and healthy, even as a 33 year old who will be 34 pretty soon. So Eovaldi, 109 innings last year, 182 the year before. I'm very hopeful we can get to 175 and healthy. And uh, I'm going to actually pick Evaldi out of this, but I'm telling you both Martin and Perez and Evaldi kind of get me excited. Uh, Andrew Heaney, um, that, that is my, that's my pitching Byron Buxton uh, for you. I what feel you like mean? I take him every single year. He never throws me enough innings. I mean, last year was 72. Uh, in a, in two thirds, the year before is 129.2. He had 181 time in 2018. Wasn't 2017 Buxton's big year. It was kind of the same, you know, obviously Buxton way better. He's has a shot to be, you know, an MVP. Uh, Heaney's not going to go out there and win a Cy Young, but he's always, you get all anti Heaney on me. He he's always cheap. 
And I mean, I, I even I think I still have him above consensus here. Eh, no, I'm a, a couple spots lower. But I'm not that much lower. He's I am at 62. He's 58. So you only have him one spot ahead. So uh, you, you're not that much higher than me. But uh, yeah, Heaney is a guy that I would love to buy into, but he has burned me in the past. So fool me yeah. once, a fool can't get fooled again. Ranger Rangers in general, I'm I'm falling into a little bit. That's why I got to go to lots of camps and then like come back so I don't uh, get too nutty about some of those things. But Evaldi is the one that has specifically stood out to me and how he's throwing. We got lots of other pitchers and we've got our full ranks here. Bogman 60 to 51. I will start us off here where I've got Jose Barrios at 60. 59 is Brady Singer, followed by John Gray, the other Texas Rangers pitcher. Andrew <laughs> Heaney, we already talked about. Again, there you go. Cody Senga, Lance McCullers, uh, which is going to change. Lance is going to come down. Luis Garcia, Drew Rasmussen, Grayson Rodriguez, and Tony Gonsolin is my 60 to 51. I realize how uh, close we are here. I've got Sonny Gray at 60, then Patrick Sandoval, John Gray, uh, Lance McCullers, once again, like Welsh said, going to come down. Kodai Sanga at 56, same spot that you have him. Uh, Brady Singer, Drew Rasmussen, Tony Gonsolin, Grayson Rodriguez, and Jordan Montgomery at 51. Yeah, we got a very similar group there. Um, Kodai Sanga, I'm actually very surprised. I just don't think this is actually representative of his value. 79 ECR, eh. I don't know if I buy that. He goes, I think, a little bit higher. And the stuff coming out of camp is not going to help it. Like the ghost, the ghost looks like it's unhittable. They're saying it's unhittable. It's unhittable until the league catches up to it. That was also Casey Mize. You know, Casey Mize is a splitter, unhittable. And it's like, well, as soon as he stopped commanding it and people just waited on literally any other pitch and smashed it, he was beat up. Cody Singa definitely with the velocity on the fastball, the ghost looks pretty ridiculous. That is that what he I, calls a splitter, the ghost? Oh, it's just like a ghost. Uh, is a ghost fork, I think, is what it is. Like a ah. like a split type of pitch, and uh, it just buries, it sinks, or like a change up split, and it just buries and sinks, and uh, it's just not hittable, you know. And, and it's also it's a pitch that, especially when you, it's like a variation. These guys that come over and variations of like not a slider or fastball. These most of these hitters are used to like all right. Give me a variation of a slider. Give me a fastball. Give me a curveball. I know what to do with those. And then you get like crazy breaking pitches that these guys just don't know how to adjust to. But the league will catch up to it. It doesn't matter. Kodai Senga is undervalued. And I don't think I, but I don't think ECR is actually representative where he is. I got him at 56. I don't think if I can actually take better him anywhere. Looking at uh, where he is, I, th this cannot be right. No, you know what? It's not right because the, I, let, let me let me fix this real quick because like I clicked on it and it said 109, but then if you go by average, uh, yeah, it's definitely not 109. It's like 65. So he's he's going. You're, you're correct. I don't know what this this thing on Fantasy Pros is off, but uh, you're absolutely correct. He is going much higher. And look, we've talked about this with foreign players. It works with pitchers too, where you take a guy if he has just an insane hot two month run. You're going to get way more than you should back in a trade for him. So it's one of those things, too, where if this guy starts off hot, you can get back a struggling player. Um, you can get back a pitcher that is on the shelf or skips a start or something because people get worried. So this is it. To me, it's more about him being an asset early uh, than anything. But also, you know, uh, what's to say this can't play for most of the year anyway? 
Uh, so we'll see. But yeah, I mean, I think um, I think where we have him by the time the season starts is where he's going to be uh, in terms of ECR and ADP. He probably higher on ADP, especially if he's good in spring. Do you think anybody post 50 has a bigger upside than Kodai Senga? When you look at it, um, I think Grayson Rodriguez probably does. Hey, that's my man. I didn't even say I didn't even know I was setting you up for it because that was the next guy I was going to talk about. Did you know that Eno? I don't know if he announced this, but in the last episode we did together, he said that he's got Grayson in like the forties right now, just based off of like pure stuff and uh, not just based off of it. He just had his pitching pitching plus projection system, which is like a variation off of uh, pitching plus and i think stuff plus and location plus all that and and it's built into a projection system but you go look at grayson who maintained absurd era numbers in the minors 12k per nine at or plus uh theoretically almost every stop doesn't walk a whole bunch of guys is a big fastball change up slider three pitch combo going back with his own pitcher and it's going to maybe break camp at least that's what the team is telling us stuff in general is pretty elite and I was very fascinated to hear that even Eno would go into the 40s on him. I've got him in the 50s with maybe a tiny bit more room to grow, especially as we get more confirmation in here. But like Grayson Rodriguez versus Kodai Senga, who do you think finishes higher? Um, well, I have Grayson ranked higher, so I think I have to go with Grayson. But let me ask you this, Welsh. Do you have his numbers pulled up? Because don't look at him if you don't. Uh, so, I do, but I'm not looking at it right now. Okay, so... I want you to guess what his inning pitch uh, numbers are as far as projections. Oh, gosh. I mean, and of course, uh, the bat is the lowest. I mean, I don't even count Zips DC. So uh, the, the bat is the lowest. This is about actually like one for the lowest. 110? 118 is okay. the low. 118 to 121. Steamer has him at 139. I was about and to Zips say, I feel like, one, like 130 is kind of like the op optimistic look like the for the optimist um yeah which i i, I think it even pushed a little bit higher i can't Actually, get over let me see what Sengas is because i bet you his is low in terms of I'll, no i bet you Sengas well. is like 160 um well it's weird um 156 on steamer but they're by far the highest 148 on atc in the bat okay i mean i'm not that far off on that yeah so a little bit more um I mean, Grayson not going to the AFL last year was always kind of weird to me, you know, especially if they wanted to like work back up the innings. But obviously that I think they thought he was pretty ready and they just didn't put any, want to put any more wear and tear. But there's going to be a limit to this year. And it's going to be, how does the team, how does the team work this? How are they going to, you know, figure out, is it going to be like head to head in Roto? You hate to do this, but he is one of those guys where it's like, Ooh, better in Roto especially if he's kind of falling off and the team is, I don't know if they're shutting him down or whatever towards the end, you can't have him shut down at the end and head to head. Or even if that's when they start to start skip or skip starts, both those things are not good for head to head. So you might be a tiny bit more valuable in Roto. So think about that when people are ranking Grayson Rodriguez specifically in that, that head to head, he's a little bit more risky. So pair accordingly, but you know, there's big, big, big stuff on him. And I didn't, I didn't pull up NFBC numbers, but He's definitely risen and he's going to keep, going to keep going. And when guys like, Eno are out there talking about him in the forties, he's going to be a lot harder to get as well. Uh, who else, anybody else you got in this range? Um, I mean, I, there are guys that I like to take here. I like John Gray. Uh, I like singer. I like Sandoval. I, I do like picking out of this range. So, which is weird. I don't have a lot of green. You have way more green 
in this range than I do, but I do like picking Optimist. Uh, out of this uh, spot here. So, and it I like, little- you know, Sonny Gray is a guy that I take a lot too because I just, those high floor guys, you have them here. I think Sandoval, John Gray, Sonny Gray, uh, Andrew Heaney, Merrill Kelly, these are pretty high floor guys. How many pitchers, how many colors of the rainbow can we get in pitchers? Sonny Gray. Uh, there's a pitcher named oh. Mason Black. Okay. Mitchell White. Yeah. Those aren't technically colors. White, black is the absence of Frank colors, Purple. So. <laughs> so what other colors do we have? Do we have a red? There was Just Vita team. Blue. There was a Vita Blue. Vita Blue. Yeah. Vita Blue. Okay. So we have a blue. Um, was there a red? Um, uh, I'm sure there was, dude. It's there's baseball. a green, Hunter Green. Okay, Hunter so green, here's the colors. Yeah. We've got what do we have? We have green, blue, white, black, gray for our pitcher uh, rainbow. Is there a chartreuse? Is there a maroon? <laughs> is there a salmon? There's a Tim salmon. Yeah, That's a color. Tim salmon. We got Tim yeah. salmon. Hey, we got a salmon color. <laughs> I'm the uh, dumbest person alive. This I mean, is stuff this I think is about. what happens when we record at midnight. So. Bogman knows, like, uh, Whenever you see weird stuff like that, like I'll get texts from like Bogman or even my wife, and they're like, "This is something you would do," and like me figuring out the I've color been of pictures. A bunch of those <laughs> recently, by the way. <laughs> a bunch of me things. Yeah, a bunch of them. You have Food to do routers. one of these two horrible things. Uh, and you're like, yeah, "No, I don't." And I'm those. like, "No, but you have to do these yeah. things. You have like, to drive no, your car I don't. off a cliff." That's you my favorite answer to that question is I don't have to do it. It's the most frustrating when you do that. Cause it's like, no, you have yeah. to answer it. You have no, to do what's frustrating is you asking me these crazy questions out of nowhere. That's what's frustrating. If, if anyone else has another color, let us know. Was there a yellow? There's never been a yellow. It's gotta be a yellow in there somewhere. Yellow and orange, I think are going to be really, really tough. I feel like there could be a red. I feel like we're missing a red. There was a Michael red. He was a basketball player and he had two E's or two D's. There's or first but... two D's. Uh, I'm sure there's a red Josh Reddick, Ulysses Red, Eugene Red, who played in eh. the 20s. We don't we, uh, yeah, we don't need people Reddy that fought the, cons- the 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 war. Uh, Grady Orange pitched from uh, no way. 1925 to 1930. Yeah. Ah, purple. <laughs> the purple. No purple. All right. Yellow. Nope. Uh, well, there's yellow. Uh, yellow Horse Morris or Moses Yellow Horse. Who played Moses Yellow Horse played from these are 21 fake to 22. They, these are these are Confederate references. fighters. You're yeah. not even <laughs> Yellow Horse Morris, uh, 1924 to 1930. These so. are gangsters and peaky blinders. These are not real <laughs> players or pitchers. All right. Um, the last one before we get sidetracked again. We both might, I feel like we both might be a little bit low on Drew Rasmussen. Uh, 146 innings last year did have low strikeout numbers again. That's why. It's funny, Nick had Drew Rasmussen as a sleeper. I put Jeffrey Springs, and one of the differences I'd put, they're both like ADP almost very similar. Jeffrey Springs is just such a better strikeout pitcher. Yeah. Maybe a little less innings last year, but he's such a better source for strikeouts. But Rasmussen had a 284 ERA with a sub two walk per nine, which you definitely like to see. Um, his XFIP was quite a bit higher at 356, if you're looking at like true value, and a 374 Sierra. But he is outside the top 50. And we've got him, I think, right in that range. I think I have him at I have him at cost at 53, and you have him at 54. Just something to consider. He's got, obviously, some I think really he's a better stuff. version of what Merrill Kelly brings to the table, right? I think he's more yeah. stable. Um, and maybe not as many innings, like you said, only 148, but the ERA and whip are going to be better for sure. Strikeout rate is about the same. Walk rate is about the same. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, Adjusting I'm in. Adjusting the fastball off of, like, you see this weird mix change. 
He was throwing his fastball 60, almost 65% of the time. It cut almost in half because he started cutting the fastball. So now he's got this fastball slider cutter combo that he mixes up and that created a lot bigger results. It just didn't create whiffs. So I feel like that limits the value. That's why I think Jeffrey Springs is so ex exceptionally more valuable than Drew Rasmussen, but still might be a little bit undervalued, uh, especially if you listen to a uh, writer of the year, Nick Pollock in that regard. Uh, any other guys in here you want to yap about Let's or want to go 50 to 40 one? Let's go 50 to 40. My 50 to 41. Uh, I've got Chris sale at 50. Jesus Lazardo at 49, Freddie Peralta at 48, Kyle Wright at 47, Dustin May at 46, Luis Garcia, Charlie Morton, Chris Bassett, Pablo Lopez, and Lucas Giolito to end out my 50 to 41. Mm, don't like Lucas Giolito too much there, 41. I got Joe Ryan at 50, which is too low. Uh, I recognize I have him too low, especially you had some of the new pitch stuff that came out, Alex Fast. I think in the new update, he'll probably be close. I probably still won't have him at ECR because his ECR is 40. I'll probably have him at 45. Uh, but then Freddie Peralta at 49, Lance Lynn at 48, Chris Sale, Dustin May, Jordan Montgomery, Charlie Morton at 44, Jeffrey Springs at 43, Chris Bassett, and Pablo Lopez. I'm actually very disappointed I don't have Jeffrey Springs. I'm not the highest in the world on him. Someone has him at 35. I yeah, just Somebody on the up. show has him at 40. Ooh, you have him higher than me? I didn't even realize that till this second. So, Yuck. Well, we're going to rectify that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've talked about him just so all the different changes across the board, man. Nine, nine and a half K per nine walks were low. ERA was good. Uh, slider velocity went up. Uh, he had a lot more uh, vertical mm -hmm. and I think it was a vertical movement on the fastball and horizontal movement on the slider. I'm inversing it. Uh, positive changes. I just think he's a fantastic pitcher. I think he's underrated. And I think what's holding him back are the innings. He had 135 this past year. And what's interesting is projections are really not giving him any more. They're playing the low side. They're like, I'll have 10 more innings. That's not how that works. Like they're going to press Jeffrey spring. They're not going to have 135 and be like, well, that 140. So we better slow it down. No, they're going to push. They're going to push to at least 160. Will the health hold up and will he be able to get there? That's maybe a bigger question, but I see double digit strikeouts in the play. I don't see big home run. He gave up a nine, uh, 9.6 home run uh, fly ball ratio, which was under one homer per nine. He's just massively underrated, and it's really stupid that you have him higher than me. I agree. I feel like I love and hate this tier because I there's guys in here I really like. I'm big on Luis Garcia. I like uh, Bassett. I like the Pablo Lopez went to Minnesota. Are you worried at all about Luis Garcia with the new pitch clock change? Like he, They are not going to give him any extra time. Like, you have 15 seconds or 20, I think it's 20 seconds with no man on 15 seconds with man on. He will not be able to rock the baby at the same degree. He rocks the baby. Yeah. I mean, that's a, it's a minor concern. I'll say that. Um, but I'm still higher on him than ECR. I think that is something that I think can be worked out. I mean, maybe it eats him up and he just cannot do it. And he sinks like a stone. But that's kind of this tier is kind of like, you know, Charlie Morton being old, Dustin May. I mean, what is if you are setting the over under on innings pitch for Dustin May, what what do you set it at? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I, mean, oh, it, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what is his it, projection? ATC in the bat have him at for 117. He's never thrown more than uh, 56 at the major league level. Um, like 130 was what popped to mind, but I'm like, I'm Mr. Like apparently optimistic off of every, I mean, projection systems are supposed to be low. They're the, supposed yeah. To. They're conservative. We know that. Yeah. So, 
I mean, you can put it at 35 in, and if he gets to 150, it's a miracle, right? Like that's kind of what it is. He's a great pitcher. Uh, Kyle Wright, didn't he just have uh what did he just have? He had um a cortisone shot last month in his right shoulder. Don't like that. Don't you like know, that. um uh Freddie Peralta can uh you know they, they were literally trying to piggyback start him a couple years ago. So, like, I don't know. Uh, Lucas Giolito's ERA is either one or seven. Like, there's no in between with him. It's crazy. Uh, I don't, well, I don't really like this tier. I'll say that. I mean, I don't, I don't just, I don't agree. I mean, I have Lucas Giolito in the next tier, but like Giolito is what we we did this. I have him above uh, ECR too. Uh, yeah, you do. Yeah, he's 42. I've got him at 40. You got him at 41. We talked about in Fantasy Pros. Like my thing with him is massive, massive weight loss. He adjusted and re he rechanged his delivery where he had this his hand was like really inside his body and he's kind of got it a little bit more whippy again with major weight loss super smart guy working a driveline and stuff like that i throw everything out last year also had an injury i'm just throwing the entire year out sierra and I'm giving and, the benefit of the doubt sierra and xfip were also like it, over a run lower so you know there's definitely meat on the bone it's just we've seen this guy be the worst pitcher in baseball and then we've seen him be one of the best pitchers in baseball where does he stand you know uh is this um is this the machinist or is this uh who did Christian Bale play the fat vice president? Uh oh yeah. uh vice. It was vice. Yeah, yeah, in vice. Dick yeah. Cheney. Is this vice or the machinist? Uh, yeah, like I don't know. I, I don't know who he by the way, how did have we seen Lance Lynn? Is, is Lance Lynn in the best shape of his life? I have I, I only went to cool. White Sox camp once. Yes. I didn't see him there, but he's I think he's pitching for Team USA, so he's not gonna be there long, which is a reason I kind of don't like that. I don't like that year in moving off of Team USA. By the way, I feel like we need a shirt. That's a picture of Bogman holding a bone with a little bit of meat on it and saying meat, on, meat the bone. on the bone. Yeah, like that, yeah. I think that's a catchphrase of yours. We need as long as it's from the, the shoulders up, that's fine. I don't want oh, yeah, any yeah. of the rest of this mess. Oh, dude, the picture I took with Drew Jones, I'm just like, can we just go, can we go tits up, please? It <laughs> 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 won't be a good picture, but yeah, no, it's it's a nightmare anytime. I've just resigned to the point where I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna look horrific. Like I'll either in ten years I'll look back and be like, what a mess I was, or I'll just be dead, like one of those and. You just go back and look at those pictures and, you know, you try to focus on the positive of it. It'll know, be like if Bogman yourself. could see me now. That's what it'll be. <laughs> so if Bogman can see me now. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free and anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What, what the hell were we talking about? We're, well, we're, we're talking just about... talking about the volatility of, of this tier. Oh, yeah. You I, don't I think like this good. range. I like this range. I, I think Jordan Montgomery is a really solid get. I love drafting Charlie Morton, except I'm I'll, like right and over I think... ECR, which is kind of stupid. I think I've had an issue drafting out of this territory too, where I'll just skip it 
and I'll take two in my next territory. And I don't think, I think I got to take a shot here somewhere with one of these guys. So, so what would be your one thing I haven't really been doing in these episodes. I want to pick out of tiers here. Um, give me two guys you like, but then what I'm going to do is I'm going to have us pick one guy out of each tier to make a five man rotation. So the first five, so this will be the last, okay. I think this will end up being the last year, but give me two guys in this tier that, uh, you dig. I'll let the hate go too far on Luis Garcia and I'll take him, uh, kind of, you know, same stuff that I talked about with Hunter Brown applies to Luis Garcia as he's starting pitcher on a great team. So, uh, I like that. And then probably Bassett, probably Chris Bassett. Oh, I was going to say Chris Bassett too. Uh, Jeffrey Springs clearly. And then Charlie Morton. Those are year. definitely two. I take them in like every draft I can. So Springs and Morton are hundred percent. My guys here Morton is a good one too. Is totally in that mix here. All right, 40 to 31. I've got Lucas Giolito, Luis Severino, Kyle Wright, 37. 37 is Jesus Lazardo. 36 is Logan Webb. I got Nestor Cortez, Clayton Kershaw, Blake Snell, Hunter Green, and Nick Lodolo at 31. A lot of green in this range for me. There is a lot of green for you. I've got Springs at 40. Then I got Joe Ryan, Lance Lynn, Clayton Kershaw, Nestor Cortez, Nick Lodolo, Logan Webb, Logan Gilbert. Hunter Green, and Luis Severino. The biggest difference, I think, of any pitcher I have is Jesus Lazardo, who I have at 37. Nick was a little eh, a little dismissive about me about it, but increases on the fastball, which I love. Um, he had, oh, God, what was it? I think it was like overall whiff rate and maybe it was spin rate increases on every single pitch. He screws with timing. I love Jesus Lazardo. I think he's ready to take the next big step. Uh, we talked about it in the last, in the fantasy pros episode. Do you want to check it out? But I even said that I think there is the possibility that a guy like Jesus Lazardo maybe should be drafted even above a guy like Nick Lodolo, who I really like. And that's another one of those breakout candidates that we would take a look at though. We hate, I hate the reds team context with it, but Lazardo, I've got a 37 and he is 49 on ECR. And I don't even see him. Where the hell is he on your list? Where do you have him? Like just in the next tier. Oh, he's Jesus. 49. Okay. Relax. I just couldn't find him. Yeah. Well, what is it? Do you forget how to do control F Welsh? I'm not control. I wasn't control F. Um, yeah. I mean, so you got inside info. He's got getting the good stuff this year. Is that what it no, is? Not the, no, no, no. It's, it's no or, uh, he's got heartworm magic or stuff. earthworm gym. Mm-hmm. What was the, the, the Tatis took? I don't know. Go for pills. Yeah. Uh, no, wasn't it supposed to be stuff for ringworm ringworm earth? Yeah. I was gonna say earthworm gym, but ringworm. That's what it was. <laughs> ringworm it was some type of worm, right? Yeah. Give that to Jesus Lazardo. So I'm looking, all right, give me a player that you like in here. Um, I mean, I like the Yankees guys. I like Severino. In fact, I thought I liked Severino. Apparently I don't. Apparently I'm lukewarm on him. him. I have, you hate him. I have him right at, um, uh, ECR for him. I do like him better in a roto league because you know, I say his innings shouldn't be capped, but they'll do stuff for him. They'll skip a start here. They'll push him back. And if there's any, uh, you know, soreness or anything, they will shut him down for a couple weeks. So, uh, but, but I like him. I like him, you know, pitching for the Yankees, obviously. Um, he's still got good stuff. I, I don't know. Um, Logan Gilbert, I thought I liked, but apparently I'm lower on him. I'm, you know, we go back to being the strikeout horse. And Hunter Green, I'm going to put uh, up at 32. Yeah. His ECR is 37. You also, have, I didn't even realize you have him at the exact same spot that I do mm-hmm. at 32. So it looks like we're pushing the chips in there. 
Yeah, big slider, uh, 46% or 40% whiff rate on the slider. Fastball, a little bit more hittable, but he's moving around, spinning it around. And uh, again, I don't mean to keep citing Nick. We just literally just did this SP episode, but he was citing that Hunter Green had the same makings, which makes a lot of sense of like the Christian Javier Spencer Strider, which was two pitches, big, enormous, huge fastball with slider that gets a lot of whiffs and he uses a ton. And that is exactly who Hunter Green is. Walks can be an issue with him, so you got to be careful about it. But if he takes the next step, then Hunter Green has the opportunity to boost up. But like Lodolo, they're both on the Reds. And I just don't know how much offensive support is going to end up being out there. I don't know how many wins they can pull in. I Defensively, it's not a really good team. Like everything doesn't work well so yeah those guys are kind of he also has the biggest difference between his sierra and xfip which is kind of surprising 333 sierra 364 xfip and everybody else i'm looking at severino 337 338 384 378 329 349 so ladolo i guess also probably more the ballpark uh but it does sound like a phone number number, uh but yeah i mean hunter green high upside just give him some more innings and he could easily be an over 200 strikeout guy um like you said the downside is the wins probably not gonna have a lot of run support but you know you can get you take jordan montgomery later take you know luis garcia later uh someone like that and you're gonna be okay you can pick up wins elsewhere uh, I'll stick with the strikeouts up here at the top. Interesting that you ha- you are way lower, and I just cited that this is one of my busts this year is Kyle Wright, and you're way lower. One of the most obvious reasons, not that he's being he's not being priced at winning 21 games the previous year, which would you know you would put him at like top 10, but he is being priced way up. Where I think there's just a lot more downside. Uh, he actually gave up the biggest hard hit last year to uh, O'Neill Cruz. If you think about that stuff, 41% hard hit rate. K percentage is okay. Walk percentage a little bit higher. His K minus walk percentage gets him around like 16, which I don't really like. He will not repeat the wins, which I think is a massive problem. And I just don't believe that Kyle Wright at the end of the day is going to be able. I think it's going to be very, very difficult to even return the value where he's currently got a 35 at SP spot. I mean, again, maybe I'm being dramatic because that's still like in a 12 team league. That's SP three, but in a Roto, that's a high end SP three, like high end SP three and a 15 team Roto. I just don't know for a guy that gets hit really hard. Doesn't have impressive, impressive K numbers. What the hell was, um, and, and it's the cortisone shot thing for me. Like, yeah. And then you, yeah, I forgot you threw you're that going, in. you're going into the season and he should be okay. But I don't know, man. You know, it's it's one of those things. The anything with a pitcher, if this flares up again in the middle of the year, this shut him down for a couple of weeks. It's already happening with him. I don't like that stuff. Uh, anybody else here? No, let's go to the next one. All right, double uh, it. Go to the next 30. one. You get thirty to twenty-one. Oh man, give me Blake Snell, man. Then Tyler mm-hmm. Glass now, George Kirby, Tristan McKenzie, Robbie Ray, Ramber Valdez, Yu Darvish, Alec Manoa. Joe Musgrove and Max Freed are my 30 to 21. I have got the Kirby at 30. I've got Logan Gilbert at 29. Tristan McKenzie at 28, followed by Glassnow, Robbie Ray, Yu Darvish, Max Freed, Joe Musgrove, Luis Castillo, and Julio Urias. I did not know or realize that like I was the low man, especially on Luis Castillo. Like Urias, I kind of know. I kind of knew that was going to happen. I thought I knew that was going to happen with Freed. Darvish, I didn't expect. 
But uh, the least Castillo one is actually really shocking to me because I like him and I want to draft him pretty much any opportunity I get. He lives in that territory of the Musgrove and the like I have. I've got him higher than Musgrove, but like Luis Castillo is a target of mine. If I can get in on it, 2.99 ERA, 2.99 ERA, a 10 K per nine, uh, two, about a two and a half walk per nine, which I love home run rate, super low 0.78 this past year. XFIP was three, two, three, which just means like his ERA was pretty relative to where he was. His Sierra was three, three, five, which was a career best. He's in a great pitching, pitching ballpark a great offense around him and a great organization that nurtures these type of pitchers. Give me Luis Castillo all day with those huge strikeout numbers and probably the most tantalizing Seattle Mariner pitcher of them all. I agree with that, but like where's the advantage of Luis Castillo versus the other guys that we just mentioned in in this tier And, and even the guys that are above him, you know, uh, I, I, and I have him higher than you, but what I'm saying is like, well, the the organization thing that you just said, like a lot of these guys are high up here because they're on good teams. It's Darvish, it's Manoa, it's Musgrove, it's Freed, it's uh, Framber Valdez and Robbie Ray and, and guys like that. Yeah. So he like, I I think that's a little overblown, and I think that's why he's at seventeen. Uh, I'm I was surprised to see him ahead of some of these other guys. Right? Um, he's a great pitcher. Uh, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. Like I said, I have him a couple spots higher than you, but I just that that isn't an advantage for him versus these guys. It is you move down a tier, absolutely, but um, in this tier, it's just that isn't a specific advantage for him. So um, you know, the ballpark was better for hitters than some of the other spots that you said. Remember when we were looking at the uh, uh, yeah. Teoscar Hernandez numbers? So um, you know, I guess when I, I, I think, look at I think guys, we have him where he should be, and I think he's a little overvalued right now. That's yeah, all. maybe maybe if that's his ADP <clears> that he is a little bit. But like, I think when you ask, like, what is the advantage? I think for the most part, it's strikeouts like Darvish can probably compete in that general space. But, you know, I find it interesting about Luis Casillo. He had a worse ERA in the second half compared to the first half. But in the second half. He was a more dominant strikeout pitcher. He actually had a better K percentage in the second half, a lower walk percentage in the second half, which equates to a better K minus walk percentage. First half, he had a 17.1 K minus walk percentage, 22.8 in the second half. That's like five. If you can do math, that's like about five more. That's huge. And he is a big, big strikeout pitcher that I think is going to be able to maintain that. And um, I guess when I was talking about the team context is yes, having a team that can support you offensively, but also the Mariners are a team that nurture and grow pitching. I think more than any of these other teams. Yeah, it's a plus. I'm not trying to take it away. I'm just in this range. It, it, you know, it it doesn't matter because a lot of these guys are on the good teams. That's why they're up here. You know, it's because they're good pitchers on good teams. So it's just not an advantage. And like, you know what? I think I'm talking myself looking at this. I think I'm talking myself to moving Musgrove ahead of him because Musgrove's CSW uh, or uh, K minus walk was better. And, you know, he uh, strikes out fewer. He walks fewer. So uh, his whip is going to be better. And that is something like, you know, if I'm going to take some of those strikeout guys later, their whip is usually they have less control. Their whip is usually worse. So maybe uh, maybe I'll move Musgrove 
ahead of him as we're talking. Yeah, it might be Musgrove. It's funny you mentioned him. Uh, I was trying to get him in tout, and I had a chance, but I wanted to see if it wasn't. I wanted. I had to prioritize a hitter that was there, and I took the hitter, and then Musgrove didn't make it back to me, and I was pretty bummed about it. Actually, was, Castillo was a little better. Nineteen point eight, nineteen point two. I must have read that wrong. I have Max Fried in between him, and he was at eighteen point eight. I think I was looking at his. Yeah. I'm so, not. but but I mean, it's close enough to where eh, maybe I'll move Musgrove just a little bit ahead of him. Yeah. I, so. I mean, I'll definitely tell you. I do see some moving adjustments. Uh, also, based off a lot of the conversations I've been having recently that equal like deeper dives, but also some of my drafting habits. Like I look at Robbie Ray and it's just like, I don't know, man. I don't think I'm, I'm not really drafting Robbie Ray in a lot of spots. I'm drafting more Blake Snell. I'm drafting more Hunter Green. Um, Lucas Giolito, I want to move up a little bit. Glass now, I like, but I'm so worried about it. It's just like I look at some of this and this is a point of the year where I'm also going to move off more of like what ADP and ECR is looking at. And I want to get my pitcher ranks just a little bit more appropriate to my drafting habits. You Darvish is the one because I still struggle with. There's a little bit of falling knife with me as he's 36 years old. He's spending what we've been told the majority of spring training with Japan for the WBC. He's, he's an old veteran. So I don't know if that's like that big of a deal, but he saw a decrease. Who is, in who is the nine. Japanese third baseman that took him deep today? Uh, in practices, no, did you see, see that anything today? No, I didn't see it, whoever today. the whoever the is the third baseman who hit like fifty six homers in Japan last year, and he hit a monster. Off really, of Darvish today? Well, yeah, I was. Crazy. I mean, Darvish, the homers haven't really been an issue. Actually, lowered that decent amount, but his uh, strikeouts went down pretty significantly. Ten point seven seven the year before last year, down to nine point one one. He did improve his walks. And his ERA was pretty good. It stabilized a little bit more towards the median of like 3.58 from his 3.10. And he had a Sierra of 3.39, which is just like that was a little bit better overall. He's still phenomenal. I don't want to take anything away from Darvish. Swinging strike rate, though, is the lowest it's been since 2018. And it's the lowest CSW since the exact same year. Actually, yeah, 2018. So both of those gone down. And then I take about, I just look at like, you know, the athleticism of like a pitcher getting around 36 that I'm not saying he's not a target, but like the thing that we gave him advantage of in the past was like, it's just monster strikeouts. Maybe that's dwindling, dwindling a little bit. Yeah. Like he's on like a team where he's, I mean, he's gonna throwing so many games. Yeah, yeah. He's going to win a ton of games in general, but maybe the strikeouts are not in his favor of like one extra little reason that we move over to him. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm look, I've been the Darvish guy. For a long time, and I'm actually below ECR uh, right now, which is, you know, was surprising to me to see it, but I have a hard time putting him ahead of Manoa or Musgrove or Freed or any of those guys. So, and I'm lower on ECR on those guys too. So, this is usually the range that I'm not picking that much out of. I've gotten, you know, you guys have heard me, I've gotten more shares of the guys that I have in the green here of Ray, McKenzie, Kirby, and Snell. I've drafted those guys more than I have out of, uh, Freed, Musgrove, Manoa, Darvish, and I guess I, I don't know that I've taken any Framber, but um, I do want to get Framber, and I want to take, like, if, if all these guys are sitting on the board, I'll take the higher guys for sure, but it seems like those guys, in an overall sense, go a round or two before the other guys, and honestly, right now, the way the high cost of relief pitching, that's what I'm taking, where those guys go, is I'm taking the relievers because I don't like the bottom end of relievers at all, so... What's um what's your take on Julio Urias? I've got him a bit lower. One of those guys 
that just I don't you know the wiggle rooms a little bit less 8.54 K per nine which was a decrease off of last year he walked a bit more had a massive ERA to XFIP difference 216 ERA with a 381 XFIP but he had an expected ERA of 2.81 so that's a little bit in the the middle yeah. between like the ARA number well, his and left on XFIP. base percentage was enormous 86.6 percent you know? yeah which yeah exactly and his uh Sierra was 3.66 so I actually look at him and it's like you have all these competing things awesome ERA bad XFIP pretty good expected year really good expected year I shouldn't dismiss that really good expected ERA and then a not really great Sierra at 366 for a guy that also has decreasing strikeout stuff but he's just a huge command pound the zone type of pitcher who also has for not big strikeouts a pretty impressive savant page where he doesn't give up a lot of hard hit balls his K percentages are up there he's just not whiffing any batters he's more I crafty like than the guys around him the, the, yeah, the crafty a, a lot of the other it. guys uh, a lot of the other guys are high strikeout guys. You do it with muscle. He's crafty. So. But he's at 16. I have him at 21. He's not really a big draft target for me. You've got him at 16, though. Yeah, I'm lukewarm, so he's fine. Uh, I just, I, I got to be honest, dude. I don't like him. And uh, I, I have him here uh, kind of, I think my hate has gone too far on him in the last couple of years. So maybe this is my overcorrection on Julio Urias at, coming off of this great season. Maybe I should lower him. A little bit i'm never gonna draft the dude i just don't like him so yeah that that is i mean i I feel like i've been too critical though because i don't like him so i have him right where he's going so yeah that's kind of where it is with julio for me anybody else that jumps out to you here no i think we've kind of hit it like i said i i don't want to take out of the top range here because these guys are better but they're way more expensive so for me out of this range if we're picking two uh, it would be Ray and McKenzie for me. I like, um, actually, I think Snell. I, I, you know, I've got a lot of shares of Snell. So, so I'm sorry, you who are you taking the two? Uh, if I'm picking one, it's Snell. Give me Snell and ooh, I love both those other guys. McKenzie, give me uh, Snell and McKenzie. I think mine would be Musgrove and probably Kirby. Musgrove and Kirby. I think I just called him Benny Snell twice, but yeah, uh, Blake Snell. <laughs> Stupid Steelers. Don't want any Blenny Benny Snell, Snell, any Benny Snell or Blennies. You'd probably rather Blenny's Blake Snell run the ball than Blake or Benny. Yeah, Who's or first? Benny or Blake right, or Jesus Blake or Benny or Benny or Blake. All right, burp, burp, burp. Uh, let's go Blake. 20 to 11 at 20. I got Fran Valdez, 19, Alec Manoa, Shane Beavers at 18, followed by Kevin Gossman, Christian Javier. Carlos Redon, Zach Gallen, Zach Wheeler, Brandon Woodruff at 12, and Aaron Nola at 11. Uh, for me, I've got Luis Castillo at 20, Zach Gallen at 19, Christian Javier at 18, Gossman, Julio, Shane Bieber, Carlos Redon, Zach Wheeler, Max Scherzer, and Dylan Cease at 11. I've got I've got a few guys that I'm, I guess, quite a bit lower on. Um Aaron Nola, Aaron Nola is wild to me. I didn't realize he was six. I love, you know, this will probably change. I am the, the cease cease is coming down. I have cease too high here. Nola will move up a spot. I think Nola is going to move to nine. That's still not going to really get him there. So I'm a little bit shocked about that. Woodruff I've moved up, but I'm still a little bit lower. Radon. These are just guys. I don't really draft. Bieber is the one we've talked a lot about. You are actually lower than consensus. I'm I, quite I was a bit surprised lower by that. Cause he's one of my bus. He's one of my bus. I'm just, he did it last year, but the decreased 
fastball velocity and overall velocity and all the spin stuff. I just don't know how long that's going to last. And I'm not going to stick around, especially at the cost that he has, which I think is what 14. Uh, yeah. Pitcher. I went away from it. 14. I have him yeah. at 15. So I'm a spot lower in ECR, which uh, kind of surprised me. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm, I feel like I'm more willing to draft him because he's the guy out of this group that tends to fall. So, uh, you know, if he gets into this group of, you know, Castillo and Freed and Musgrove and I have Bieber still sitting there, I'm taking him uh, over those guys every single time. If I have the option of him versus, you know, Carlos Rodon, Zach Wheeler, I'm taking those guys ahead of him, obviously. But um, I don't know. He tends to fall, and I don't, I don't mind grabbing him at all. I feel like I'm the last person still holding on to Shane Bieber, I guess, because... He did it all year last year. Everybody said uh, the whole start of the season all the way through was, well, he can't, he just cannot sustain this. He cannot sustain this. And he just did. So in the beebs, man. Yeah. He, he's fine to me. I don't, uh, I'm not like pumping my fists when I get him, but I will absolutely take him if he falls. I like yeah. that meme. No where like, da, 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 da. <laughs> That's Bachman. Uh, you hate Christian Javier. I love him. You have him at 18. His ECR is 23, but you hate because I have him at 16. I mean, Christian okay. Javier. Who did I say this about yesterday? Oh, Taylor Ward. I think Taylor Ward was the analyst analyst outfielder. Christian Javier is the analyst analyst Ooh, starting like pitcher. That. Everybody wants Christian Javier. We all do. Um, a lot of comps out there that this is the new Spencer Strider. Makes a lot of sense. 254 ERA. XIP was higher, but it was an almost 12K per nine. Walks, not going to fly, but he's on the Astros, which does fly. Yeah. Get an expected ERA of 243, which is lower than his ERA he had this past year. And his Sierra is very nice at 314, you know, because I said his XIP was 353. You take all those things into consideration with elite strikeouts, even with a little bit of higher walk rate, his K minus walk was still 24.3% where he's going to probably be able to push, especially if he gets the innings under his belt. He had 148 this past year. He gets, if he gets the projected 170 that the bad X has him, 171 might push 15. They have him at 13 wins, might push 15 wins, 200 plus strikeouts. It's why we all want Christian Javier. I'm just surprised the ECR doesn't represent it, which I think is a little odd because I think he goes higher. I got him at 16 because I love me some strikeouts. And he is, like I said, the analyst analyst starting pitcher bog. So he's just a little bit tougher for all of us to get. I didn't notice this. I probably would have put my thumb on the scale a little more if I did. But how the hell are you five spots ahead of me on Zach Gallon? You are five. So you, I mean, look, I homer out. I'm the bigger homer. Than you, I would say 90% of the time, but, uh, and I don't even think this is homerism for Zach Allen. If you see the second half um, that he had last year, him and Walker just were unbelievable in the second you half. Off of the the second half. Um, yeah, you rattle off the second half. Yeah, I don't have it up, but. Oh, um, no, I can pull it up. I, I have. Yeah, the, he, the, got, he got Cy Young votes uh, be, because of his second half. And, so. and this is what he does. That, that's kind of my thing. This is what he does. So the is. first half had a 3 5 6 ERA over 93 innings pretty solid man let uh kept that batters to a 212 batting average which is pretty good coming back down here i wanted to take a look he had a uh 23 k percentage walk were a little bit higher so his k minus walk was 15 now in the second half where he gets going 
Over 90 innings, he had a 1.49 ERA with 103 strikeouts in those 90 innings. In and uh, the K percentage went up to 31.3 percent. He finished the year with an over 30 percent K rate, and he dropped his walk percentage to 5.8. Gave him a 25.5 K minus walk percentage. That team also, the Diamondbacks, have a great defensive. I don't know what they're going to do. People are more optimistic than you and I are because we're pessimists about the Diamondbacks and blah, blah, blah. But one thing I don't deny is they have a good defensive team. They really do. Christian Walker's a gold glove for first baseman. Nick Ahmed is a gold glove uh, shortstop. Shortstop. They have maybe one of the more athletic outfields that exists. Third base is really the the only question. It's Rojas and the corpse of Evan Longoria, but that's the only spot. Even Carson Kelly's pretty good defensively. So... You know, it's it's a good squad behind him for sure, and you know he just took it to another another level in that second half. So, um, and, and by the way, you're not the highest on him either. Somebody's got him at ten. That's got to be is no. that is that Nick? I know Nick is in love with that gallon. So Pollock, yeah, isn't he? Uh, I, don't I didn't know. make that up, did I? I thought he. No, he, I don't think talked so. About him, you know, though, I am battling something as I'm looking at this. Asking myself, push comes to shove, Christian Javier or Zach Gallon? Am I taking Gallon over him because the strikeout numbers and there's a little bit better of a team? Like, I think Gallon is a better pitcher, pitcher, better arsenal, good command, not walking, goes through spurts of being dominant. Christian Javier is a little bit more volatile, but huge strikeout numbers, walks a bit more but he has a better team. I don't know, man. Push comes to shove. I might I might take Javier over. That might actually change a tiny bit. The more I'm staring at this, I need to dig a little bit deeper. But when I think about like what I'm chasing in categories, Christian Javier does meet just a lot of those, those, uh, the qualifications, but I think Gallon does too. And I think Gallon doesn't like in this, you don't see it. He's ECR 21. He doesn't get put in the group of the top 15, but I think he belongs in the top and he, 15 It was group. the first time he's thrown over 150 innings, too. He was at 184, so he's like on that precipice of throwing 200 innings, too. So, uh, yeah, I, I think for me, um, uh, I'm, I'm going to – the shares that you don't have, I'm going to have of Zach Gallant, depending on – Yeah, that's that's how we'll approach it. Um, anybody else in this range? You've got um, you've got a few guys higher. you got Dylan Cease a little bit higher. I got him even higher, which is a mistake i got to fix. You've got some – I, I, I thought I was pretty good on Carlos Rodon finally, and I'm still below ECR. I got him at uh, 14. His ECR is 12. Yeah, I am a spot higher than with you. Him. What's that? I said, we can't get it. We just can't get it done with him. I feel like, yeah, I mean, last year, the the whole thing for me was, well, you know, the white Sox didn't want to bring him back on an affordable deal because of his shoulder. So, and, and then he just went out there and did it again. I mean, he just keeps proving everyone wrong. So, I mean, I think I'm more willing to draft him this year. Uh, I haven't been in the past, but yeah, that's really the last guy in this section for me. Last up. 10 to 1 bogs. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who are you taking? Oh, is it Javier? Are we going to do two? Okay. Um, do one. Ooh, you got to do one. I think it's going to be Javier, man. Then I'll take Gallon. F you. Okay. (laughs) All right. Draft. Dude, it's a snake draft. All right. You get another pick there, you son of a bitch. All right. Uh, 10 to 1. And then we're going to do our pick one in each tier game. Okay. Uh, 10 for me is Justin Verlander. Then I have Aaron Nola, Shohei Otani, Jacob DeGrom, Shane McClanahan, Brandon Woodruff, Spencer Strider, Sandy Alcantara, 
Corbin Burns, and Garrett Cole. I've got Scherzer, Otani. Dylan Cease is going to get fixed. I have him as a bus. I had no idea I had him this high, and and I'm not taking I'm not taking him above uh, Nola and Woodrow. I don't honestly. I just don't know what I was thinking. So that's going to adjust. Verlander is seven. Spencer Trider is four. That's so stupid that you have him higher than me. I got Shane McClanahan at five though, which I I exist as Spencer the world's highest. You just said he's at four. You were looking oh, at sorry. my list. I was looking at I your, no, I said four. you have him at four. Which yeah, is I know. <laughs> I have him at six. I have McClanahan. I'm the highest of McClanahan at five, I think, in the world. Uh, Alcantara, DeGrom is another one I have to probably fix a little bit. Garrett Cole and Corbin Burns. So you're not taking DeGrom at three? Like, okay, so if you, if you are Do your list. DeGrom, do, oh, wait, did you already do your list? I already, you already did, did my your list. list. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Grandpa, wake up. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I have yeah. Sorry. It's it's been a long day. I get it. Where where uh, you can see the finish line, I understand. Uh, but okay, so let's just start with Degrom. If you are lowering him, what is the fix? Where does he go? Okay. Because if you put him Here's, behind McClanahan, now you're officially the highest on McClanahan on the planet. I will be. So Earth. here's the one thing I'm doing though. I'm going to wait right up into our roster update to make it official. <laughs> because That's I want to see. I want to before I do anything. I want him to get out there. Here's what I have not liked. Camp opens. He's going to throw, doesn't throw because he's got discomfort. They said he's going to throw the next day. He did not. It was still cold. He didn't come out. Then Saturday, it was like he was going to come out. He didn't. Then they announced uh, on Sunday he did some light throwing. And then Monday, he was going to throw a session. Cool. I go out there. He's just out in his hoodie again. He did a light like toss in the outfield and went back. And then I think I went back again. And he was just walking around, following everybody. Just wa- that day that I got the video of uh, Eovaldi, he was just walking and watching, and he's not doing anything. Like, do it's the the meme. Do something, Pope. Do something. <laughs> what would you say you do here? So, I have thought some of it has been overblown, and they're being cautious. But now we're getting to the point. We're at a week. We're over a week when he was going to throw. What are we doing? So I want to see him throw. I want to see him get out in a bullpen session. And I think it'll, we'll have like moved past it. It does, it does give you a reminder that this is the problem with him. And I don't like this. And I, probably overall, if I'm going to be smarter about it, which I'm not always, I should move him down to six and move Strider up in McClanahan. And that's probably what I should do. But I want to wait and I want to see what the next 10 or so days or or week or so happens to see if like we can get him to throw and how he's looking and how he's feeling. And I'm going to try to see it in camp because there's a lot of overblowing things. The Jordan Alvarez is a prime example with this hand discomfort. Like he's really going to fall in some drafts right now. People don't want to touch. People don't want to touch these injury things. And I'm trying to be cognizant that like he is the best pitcher in baseball that there's no discussion. He's when he's healthy, he's the best pitcher in baseball. Everybody says that. But then the fear and the anxiety of injuries comes in, which I don't blame anybody. Well, but at it, some it, point it's got to work. Or what are you, Terrell Davis? Yeah, and, and you know, I the the danger is, is, you know, he's starting to pick up steam. Even you know, Cardi, who is you know, uh, in our world, maybe the most conservative person to draft with, right? And he's buying in on Jacob Degrom because this is a, this is a potential league winner. But if you spend a second or early third on him and he doesn't throw more than 50 innings, you are shooting yourself in the foot. Uh, you know, all those other third, you know, not at every second, third round pick is going to work out, of course, 
but I, it can really hurt you. So yeah. that's the thing is people are afraid and I don't really, if he falls, I'll take him, but he's not falling. There's, there's a believer You have him at seven. What do you mean? Like if he falls to you as the seventh pitcher, you'll take, Yeah, I, you'll never take it. You will never take him. That's a lot. I think that I've taken him in a mock old fate. There's no chance you've taken him. Don't believe. Uh, it. maybe not, but, but I mean, uh, I've when never we get seen you to, do it, we get to live bullets. I probably will. So, um, I bet you I'll have one share of DeGrom. You know what we should that? do? One. You and I should share. I did share last like, year, though, and it screwed me. We should share like a, a NFBC team again, and we have to take DeGrom. I don't DeGrom. want to do that. I hate do it. Can teams. we do like a, a high money best I'm, ball? I'm then? an only child. I'm very selfish. <laughs> well, you and I are pretty good at, at best balls. You, you no, we're not. Them last year. Yeah, you cat. Oh, I guess it was football. Oh, yeah. Well, so. when I draft them by myself and when you draft them by yourself, we're great. Yeah, that's true. We get in fights about these picks. You know, that's what I'm saying. We'll just take a team. Just, just be Jacob DeGrom. That'll be the only person we take. I think the most fun draft we could probably do. Maybe, maybe our next mock draft, we'll have to draft a team together and get angry at each other. How about that? Let's do that. A really good. Well, remember we might have Bubba on the next coming one, but yeah. Okay. Well, that'll make it more fun. Bubba will be cackling in the back. Actually, that would be pretty funny. Uh, And we have to do the, we have to do the (laughs) coin flip of like who gets to pick the rounds and then the odds versus evens. But then what we also do, Bogman, then you have like, we each have two no's where it's like, you know, two whammies where oh, you get two to vetoes. vetoes, you get to veto somebody. So yeah, actually, maybe that's Don a really good idea. Yeah. Don't want to Don Vito. Don Vito Lee Pico is what we would end up doing here. Yeah. He's risky. And like the, the biggest bummer probably of any of these guys is there's just so much that goes into it. Like if he's healthy, he'll carry your team. He did it for me and last year in tout. But when he's out, it just destroys in the cost. I don't like the cost of where you have to get him. What are we talking about ADP? Like the ADP is like really risen on where you have to take him right now. I liked it when I was getting a discount and I value and my rank is representative of like, this is the guy. If I can get 140, 150 innings, this is the guy that he'll be. But he just kind of shoved it all in our face with this early stuff. But I'm very... I'm very cognizant that this type of stuff can also get really overblown in spring. You know, Joe Adele coming in as a thick boy or, you know, Jacob DeGrom <laughs> having a little twinge or Jordan Alvarez sitting out because of some hand discomfort and then people lose their minds and they, I mean, you're making up fall. a twinge, right? Uh, it was just the initial twinge. That's right. Yeah. No, no extra twinges, right? How many twinges? Just one twinge. 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 Uh, who else? Give me a guy in here. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, look, I mean, these guys are all great. Uh, you know, we'll pick um, one. okay. Uh, Shane McClanahan. T- tell uh-huh, me, I was going to talk about, tell me why, tell me why I actually, let's do this. You can have <laughs> McClanahan. Uh, I'll, I'll stick with, uh, Spencer Strider. It's all upside. I, I have him at four. I know his ECR is seven. I don't care. Uh, pitchers are finicky anyway. Yes. He could get hurt. Um, you know, we haven't seen him do a full season yet, but I am excited for this guy to get, if he could get to 28 starts, 30 starts, he's going to have a thousand strikeouts. I mean, he's incredible. So, uh, that, that's a guy, I don't think I've taken him in a mock either, but I really want to get uh Spencer Strider shares this year. I try to make sure that I get it. Um, you know, the McClanahan stuff. He just made a big old change just to start throwing that change up. And it saw huge, huge results. He moved it up to like 24% used 
uh, this past year. I think that was another uh, 25% used. And he essentially didn't ditch the slider, but the previous year he was throwing the slider 34% of the time. That went down to 15% this past year. And the changeup went up to 25%. Using the slider less made it more effective as far as a whiff pitch. It went from 39 to 46% whiff. And then the changeup last year was as effective. He had a 44% whiff rate the previous year with it, and it was 446 this past year. So 25% of your pitches on a changeup, great strikeout pitch, 44% whiff rate, 24% on the fastball. No pitch did he have was less than 24% and two 40% whiff guys. I know that's a lot that I said. Absolutely no ball gets hit hard unless it's a fastball with him. Changeup, EV, average EV was 836 he just became a dominant pitcher who pumps the zone, and I think he's a perennial ace, and that's why I want him as the front line of a lot of my uh, stuff. And I, I've Nick was kind of talking about injuries as being a big concern for him, but he's kind of gotten past that with Shane McClanahan, and I think people look at innings. I just think McClanahan is one of the best out there. He commands pitches, pumps the zone. He's got fantastic stuff, and I think that changeup is uh, uh, really completely altered the game and coming off of the slider. So this is a no brainer for me. And if I had a world where I could get McClanahan and Strider and I could pay like three, four and get out of here. I mean, I'm all, I'm all about that. I got, I got 15th pick in TGFBI. They ran Katie, uh, Katie, I, is it Katie? Katie. Yes. A Kentucky Derby system. Um, if I somehow at 15 could go hitter, hitter and come back and somehow McClanahan and Strider were there, which they won't be, I would do jumping jacks naked in the street for you. I don't think you would. Um, we have Otani here uh, just solo as a pitcher, of course. Um, you know, incredible upside here. I guess if you're just on Yahoo, th- this is where you would take him. He's still a top 10 solo as a pitcher, right? The, sorry? He He's a top 10 as just a pitcher. Yeah, that, I mean, like this isn't our combo rank for Shohei, you know. No, no, uh, this is not a combo. He would rank. be one, Shohei's- which is why, which is why it's weird with him. Like, um, you know, one, one is his min, sixteen is his max, but it's like, what are we, what are we doing here? Which one yeah, I don't think the ECR helps you at all. I don't think that it doesn't help you tell a story about Shohei Otani. We're also only speaking to Yahoo here when we're talking yeah. about singular Yo- Shohei Otani. And I, I did that like in my uh, dynasty article in the athletic where it was like, if he were this, he's this, that's a game we have to play. If he were a singular pitcher, he's still like a top 10 pitcher. So huge, yeah. huge strikeout numbers. Uh, and I saw somebody say too, that they believe that Otani would be a bigger impactful pitcher this year than he was a hitter. And that's a guy that's like a 30, 20 hitter. So that would, I don't, be I don't necessarily disagree with that. I mean, this is a guy that had 200 strikeouts last year. Right. So, you know, uh, not too many of those guys floating around. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I could see it, but I still think I would prefer him as a hitter. One thing that has stuck with me. So Frank and I have had multiple conversations about this and Frank had put Sandy Alcantara as a potential bust for this year. And one of the reasons behind it, what pretty simple was that like, there is, we've talked about this a couple of times, there isn't a lot of wiggle room with a guy like him. It's low strikeouts. It was actually the lowest in the last three years, K per nine. Obviously good walk. ERA was great. Went super deep into games, but he got to 200 plus strikeouts because he had 228 innings. It's going to be hard to maintain. 
maybe worrying about wins, maybe worrying about actually being able to go that far into games. He had quite a higher uh, ER expected ERA to his ERA. It was still good expected, but it was 228 to 292 was uh, his. And then uh, his Sierra was 342. So you look at just like low swinging strike rate. You look at like uh, low CSW. That but a makes lot of it that's feel like, like you, there's. I didn't mean to cut you off, but but when when you I feel like when you see those guys for the Reds, Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green, right, and their uh, Sierra and XFIP are you know way lower um, than their actual ERA. That's a ballpark, you know. That's a Great American Small Park, as our boy Bubba would call it. Uh, teeny tiny ballpark, you know. Have to go the road. Uh, through the rotation a bunch, but um, Sandy it plays in a gigantic ballpark, and I think that's what helps him, and that's why those numbers yeah. are probably uh, a little bit different for him. But he's not he he is not moving out of that ballpark as of right now. But he also costs uh, wins, the, yeah, the fourth uh, or fifth I get it. overall pitcher. But one of the things that I brought up was what about the what about the theory that. You know, he he recognizes some of the changes. I think there was also something in it with the shift. Uh, that was a big thing that was going on with Sandy as well. You have to think about you know, pitchers against left-handed hitters, and you might see an uptick there, which theoretically could I mean, hurt uh, Sandy O'Connor. Like hit a game, okay, but maybe, shift. but still, that I mean, that's enough to change your it ERA could. if there's an RBI. But I mean, one of good the hit. things, yeah, that I presented. Let's think about the changes that he made. Is these guys are going to know also, they all know that there is no shift. What if he changes his approach? What if he becomes more of a strikeout pitcher to induce maybe a few less ground balls because that's going on? And maybe against lefties, he's a little bit more aggressive to strike out. And then all of a sudden, his strikeout numbers actually go up. So maybe you have a you little know, bit of an increase in the ERA, but the strikeout numbers come up because he takes a different approach because of obviously stolen bases and no shift. The idea of that uh, is very relevant, too, because it's not just the shift. It's also the pitch clock. So there's so many pitchers yeah. making these adjustments. We talked about Luis Garcia before not being able to rock the baby, right? Like there's so many of these minor adjustments that that can really get into guys' heads. And I think we're going to see some wackiness early on when guys are adjusting to no shift and the pitch clock and the bigger base in the guys. Tending and think to of all of that, more. by the way going further in nobody goes longer yeah. into games than Sandy Alcantara. And now you've got, you know, again, you have no advantage on the shift and guys might be more aggressive stealing bases later in games. It's all things to consider that. I think it's a really valid point by Frank and his makes his is more palatable than my idea of saying, Hey, by the way, let me throw this out. What if one of the smartest pitchers in baseball, one of the best pitchers figures a way out to come back through it. And what if that is being more aggressive as far as strikeouts go and I don't know how that approach works, but he's just trying to induce less ground balls. It's just something to think about that the that might be part of the Marlins game. Um, pitching wise, let's do this. Let's do the game here, Boggs. We okay. are going to take one pitcher from let's see, one, two, three, four, five. So this let's and let's even take a six one. All the guys we've numerically mentioned, we're going to take a six man rotation. We get to pick one guy that's our guy from each one. Let's start with the top 10. You get to pick one pitcher. Spider. I'll take McClanahan. All right. Our SP2 is 11 through 20. One pitcher. Gallon. I'm taking Javier. Pitchers 20 through 30. 21 through 30. One pitcher. Mm. Yeah, this uh, one's tough. Uh, McKenzie. Uh, Musgrove for me. 
31 through 40, one pitcher. Um, uh, Severino. Blake Snell, because I do have him higher than ACR. Uh, 41 through 50, one pitcher. Ugh. Um, Chris Bassett. Jeffrey Springs. And then 51 through 60, one pitcher. Uh, uh, give me Grayson. Ooh, I was going to go Grayson. Um, give me Andrew Haney. So that would be the rotation. So my six was McClanahan, Javier, Musgrove, Snell, Springs, and Andrew Haney. I had uh, Strider, Gallon, McKenzie, Severino, Bassett, and Grayson. Pretty solid. So those are kind of like the all Bogman, all Welsh pitchers. In they're not meant to be tiers, but we just broke them up into those tens so you guys uh, could uh, process them. So in those groups of tens, that's how it would end up going for the SPs. You guys want to see all of it? Go to InThisLeague.com on the Patreon. I definitely probably have the most work to do on my pitching update that I'm going to be doing. So that's going to be over at In This League, especially into the new. We won't have an update before the new month, but right when uh, March starts up, we'll have that update. Prospects dynasty looking to do one p one eighty ps coming soon also when you're on the patreon it gives you access to like jump into the mock drafts with us things that we do will get kind of let you in the know we haven't really been doing the twitch with everything i've been doing but when we're doing any live streams those are going to be notified listener leagues and any type of entry leagues that we do it starts at in this league.com so come up on the patreon and join us we would appreciate it tomorrow is bogman's favorite the overall ranks episode. You're such a crotchety ass when we get to these episodes. You hate it I mean, so much. The the reason it's it's not the episode. The episode's always fun. You and I talking baseball is great. I love that part. What I don't like is doing all this work for an overall list when after you get five rounds in, every player is conditional. It's based on what you have on your team already, and overall lists really aren't used then. The positional are, are so yes. It, look, the discussion will be fun because uh, we're going to talk about our top uh, what like fifty players, and then we're also going to talk about top our big players. big differences. So uh, that that's what we're going to talk about. So the discussion will be fun, and that's fine. I just hate overall lists, and that's why yeah, I'm it's not going to be it's not going to be crazy numerical. Uh, we're going to focus through three hundred. Yeah, we're going to focus on the first couple rounds, like really in depth, because that's kind of like the core. And then it's going to be battling ourselves and where we differ and probably taking a look at like ECR and stuff like that. And it's going to, there's a little bit more theory in like an overall and, and stuff we're talking about right now. I mean, you're, you're going to hear the whole, like, you know, adjust to positional ranks and blah, blah, blah that we do. But, you know, I also say this because I want to point out in my infancy of playing in fantasy, when I first started I did pay attention to overalls. That's why I'm actually always pretty adamant about doing these episodes. I know it's silly to think about, especially I nowadays. I think the but- offseason seeing where a guy ranks in the top 300 is fun. But I think once you get to this point and you're about ready to draft and you are actually doing mock drafts, you don't pay as much attention to those not, overall lists. Not now, but I'm saying I used to. Yeah. That is something I used to do. I used to print out 300s um, way, way, way back in the day. Tristan Cockroft, pull that out print it out and just kind of mark off of it. And I would kind of less go by um, even positional stuff. So I, I guess I just have a little bit more of a heart for the conversation around overall lists. But at the end of the day, I think it's good to peruse and then build your strategy. And maybe you pay attention to a little bit and then start to deviate when you're, you know, you're trying to pick apart your positional stuff because 
you know, it's messy as well. We've done all these episodes like the third base sucks. Second base kind of sucks. Outfield can suck. Hell, catchers are a nightmare. Or, uh, no, sorry, catchers, uh, closers are a nightmare in all of that. So uh, you got to pay attention to your positional stuff. And we will do it in the next episode that finishes off Hell Week. Hell that way. is going to be it. All of the Hell Week. And then we come back into next week and do a whole bunch more episodes where we're going to get back into mock drafts and all the fun stuff because March is right around the corner. The big, big draft time is here. So hopefully you guys spend it with us over to thisleague.com. Friends, that is it. I got no more content party tops houses to go to. Um, I just got backfields to hit and hopefully see some stuff. Spring training, by the way, starts on Friday. There are two games. Yeah. Padres versus Mariners, I think. And then I think Rangers versus Royals. There's First games that are going to happen. There's a college team. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but uh, yeah. So the, I think there's three games. So, okay. Um, yeah. Or you know what? The surprise game might be like one of the surprise teams versus a college team. I wouldn't uh, because it's we, we've Boston they, versus NEU, Royals versus Rangers, and Padres versus Mariners. And Padres versus we have pitchers. We got Robbie Ray versus Nick Martinez. We know that. Oh, we already have that. Yep. Got it. Oh man, I need to. I saw Nick Martinez today. I didn't realize Robbie Ray was pitching that one. Nick Martinez also Team USA. I need to start. I need to do a spring training fund because I'm going to backfields, but I'm not planning on going to a ton get of a games. Press pass. You're working for the yeah, athletic. Probably. Get a press yeah, pass. Probably should. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, yeah. that's a good point. Probably go to that. But Come I on, see. Come on, baby. I like to go to games, not as press. I don't like to go to games because I want to. You'd rather go as a fan and have I wanna, a seat. I want to have a seat. I, I, I do not do and the press beer. box. That's the thing. I want to have the beer. I want to have the beer. I when every time I've ever had any type of press pass, I have been in two press boxes. I and I don't stay for long. Um, I went. Me and Emily Walden went in one one time and hung out for a little bit, and then I want out of there because I want to sit in seats. I don't like it. Uh, but also, I like to like want to drink a beer. I want to like enjoy I, spring training and stuff. Is more of an experience than like a work thing. Yeah. So, I need to create a fund. Amen. I I love that. Release content for it. So, all right, that's it. We're out of here. It's late. Uh, We're losing our minds. Thank you guys for hanging with us on Hell Week. If you guys have enjoyed any of the shows, make sure you rate and review on iTunes. Maybe Spotify does it. Make sure you're subscribed and follow us on Twitter. Is it the Welsh Bogman Sports? Talk to you tomorrow. We out. Bye, friends. See you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.